Welcome to Following Jesus in Nursing, a podcast for nurses and students produced by InterVarsity's Nurses Christian Fellowship. I'm your host, Lara K. Kaiser, and together we'll be inspired by our guests' stories, tackle big questions with experts in the field, and walk together in following Jesus at the intersection of faith and nursing. My nurse practitioner said, you know, you care for everyone else, Give me this time to care for you. Hey, y'all, and welcome back for our second episode of Following Jesus in Nursing. Today, we'll be sharing one of the key elements in combating compassion fatigue with our guest, Christy Secor. One of my favorite things about Christy is that she is incredibly generous in sharing her stories with authenticity. And God has really given her so many rich stories and lessons to share with us today. I'm just going to briefly introduce her now because as you'll hear in a moment, we waste no time in our call diving right into the deep end. So Christy and her husband live in northeastern Wisconsin, where she enjoys time in nature and time with family. They have two sons, a daughter-in-law, five grandchildren, two cats, and one dog. Christie's doctoral work focused on strategies for reducing compassion fatigue among nurses, and she's also a certified Daring Way facilitator. We have been honored to have had Christy on our NCF staff team since 2018 as our Director of Professional Ministries. And now let's get into her story. Welcome, Christy. I'm so grateful for you being on this podcast with me today. Last time we spoke, I just really enjoyed our conversation. I learned so much from you and uh, so much about the world of nursing, following Jesus in nursing. So I'm excited to hear more of your story today. So could you just start with telling us a little bit about yourself, about your background in both nursing and faith? Oh, yes. So I'm really excited to be here. Thank you for the invitation. And in terms of how I got started in nursing, I look at two situations that happened just within my childhood. I had a grandfather that I really, really loved. And he died very early at the age of 53 after five different heart attacks. Just seeing how he struggled made me want to help address that pain. And I think even more so than than that situation was my my mama dealt with chronic pain her entire life. She had chronic migraines from the time she was in high school throughout all of her adult life. And back then, uh, physicians would throw any and every kind of medication uh, at her. She was opioid dependent for most of her life. And she operated out of these cycles where there would be a big blow up in the house and then she would pull back to emotionally protect herself. She would then come out of it and there would be this good phase and then there'd be another blow up. And I, I learned as a child how to perform and how to present what she wanted to see. I also learned to dread the good things Mm. Uh, because I knew when something good was happening, that meant another explosion was about to take mm-hmm. place. Uh, but all of these led me into really people that are dealing with pain, chronic pain issues. And then just from my own experience, the personal pain that I know that each of us carries, all of that has driven me to where I am. My nursing experience is very, it's both here and there. Uh, I have worked in med surge, oncology, and back then, I mean, that was before really hospice got to be as predominant as it was. And so we would have, you know, people that would come up for chemo and then eventually they would come up to the floor to pass away. So I've dealt with with that, I've worked in utilization review. I've been in civilian hospice, hospitals, military hospitals, and uh, taught in higher ed, uh, both pre-licensure nursing students 
and RN to BSN students. And then my last role before coming on staff here with Nurses Christian Fellowship was working in quality and regulatory. Uh, So I got into not only those components, but also patient experience and became the ethics chair of our hospital and worked with a wonderful team called the Bounce Back Project. Uh, We experienced two different traumas in our facility. One was the loss of a physician who died in a very freak motorcycle accident. Mm -hmm. And then the second was a, a physician who Uh, took his life in our hospital spiritual center and our staff found him and were not able to revive him. Um, And that just, I mean, that really led to what is the pain that we each are carrying that we're not addressing? Why don't we have the courage? Why do we feel like we have to put on this face and I mean, I understood all of that because of what I had experienced with my mama. And so I became a part of this team. It's what led me to complete my doctoral work and then also to complete the work as a certified Daring Wave facilitator. And that's based off of the work of Dr. Brene Brown. Mm -hmm. Uh, And she really focuses on uh, courage and shame, resilience, living with authenticity. Uh, And so, yeah, I'm sorry. I went right on my elbow to get to my thumb to answer your (laughs) question, but yeah, it's God has used all of these things to bring me to where I am. And it has given me an ability, whether it's a nursing student or a nurse in multiple different areas of practice um, I mean, it's given me a connection point to them. Yeah. So, uh, yes, of course. Yeah. You, you have experienced a lot of trauma, uh, if I can say that in your yes. life, a lot of very difficult yes. things. What's always struck me about you is that you're a very joyful person. How do you hold these things in tension, Christy? I mean, you have experienced a lot of hard things. Some people would look at that and say, oh, well, God doesn't care or, you know, why would God do this to my, me or to the people that I love? Why would he take away my grandfather at such a young age? Um, you know, why would he send doctors who would, you know, put my mom into this uh, mama, as we say? <laughs> yes. That's <laughs> that Southern, Southern accent. Yeah, yeah. Southern. <laughs> I love it. I love it. It's so <laughs> wonderful that uh, you always say the go around your elbow to get to your thumb. Elbow yes. to get to is my that thumb. A, that's another yes. Southern say, saying. Huh? It is. It I love is. it. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to use that because I do that too. Um, but you, you've you experienced all these things. It'd be so easy to say, why God? Uh, but yet you follow Jesus. You love the joy of the Lord comes through so clearly um, in your life and in the way you speak with people. How, how have you gotten there? How have you uh, integrated your faith with all these things that you've experienced? Um, it, it hasn't been easy. Um, <laughs> uh, my, uh, my daddy has always said I have learned best with a two by four. <laughs> uh, and so, uh, there's been a lot of, um, questioning of God, anger at God, uh, telling God whenever I was younger, you did not keep your end of the bargain. Mm-hmm. You know, I have, I have met all of these, you know, I, I'm, I'm presenting this image of, you know, as a young Christian woman and young you know Christian nurse and life is still messed up around mm-hmm. me. So, um, yes, I'm not blessing. I'm going to take control and do things my own way. And you can imagine how that went. I just <laughs> fell flat on my face. Uh, and coming from those kinds of places, um, experiencing forgiveness from, you know, in, in my own relationship, my own personal relationship with God, but also, uh, in my relationship with my parents and, and with others, um, it, it all has led to me a place of, of deeper trust. Mm -hmm. Um, and there's been several different 
I would almost call them like pivot points of, of me looking and turning. Most recently, uh, I back in 2020, as the pandemic was going uh, on, my daddy developed uh, sepsis and was hospitalized. And at that point, uh, at that point in the pandemic, families were not allowed uh, to be with uh, patients. And so uh, thank goodness, a, a palliative care provider uh, uh, got involved in his care and started asking him questions in terms of what he wanted. Uh, did he want to be resuscitated if if something happened? And and he, you know, he said, well, I'm okay for that so that, you know, uh, Christy and Alan, my brother, who who's both of us are live out of state so that we could get there and be there. And I just I just told told him, I said, Daddy, you don't want to be resuscitated. You don't want CPR just for that. Um, I said, um, I wouldn't want to put you through that. And um, I said, what is it that you really want? And he said, I really just want to go mm -hmm. home. And so, um, I mean, they were able to get more of the sepsis cleared up, but he was very, very weak. Uh, and so I, you know, I told him I'm, I'm heading for Minnesota. I'm heading down. And I drove through the night and uh, my sister and I had the privilege of caring for him in the last seven weeks of his life. And so I learned so many lessons uh, from my daddy during uh, those last seven weeks. And um, we talked about letting go and holding on to things loosely. Um, my daddy had given me permission when I was in high school to not to feel that I had to stay in uh, you know, in, in North Carolina, where I grew up. And that was really the expectation. I mean, you're supposed to, you know, get married and, and move a half mile away. Um, he, he just said, I want you to take wings and fly. Mm -hmm. And I did, I, um, it led me, I mean, to the life that I have. Um, and he said the same thing to me, um, during those seven weeks, and I was able to tell him, Daddy, I'm right where I should be. I know I'm right where I should be. Um, but through that, through that time, through the deep grief that followed, um, grief that was not resolved, you know, in my own heart in life, grief that led to a um a diagnosis of depression for myself. Um it was it was being connected to um, healthcare providers. Uh, my nurse practitioner, who said, "You know, you care for everyone else. Give me this time to care for you." Wow. And she was genuine in what she was saying, and that made such a difference. Um, it was also during this time that. Uh, we moved from Minnesota uh, to Wisconsin to be closer to family. One of the things that I had really felt God calling um, us to do, um, because I wanted to be a part of my grandkids' life the way that I saw my daddy be a part of the lives of his grandkids uh, and the impact of just that, that generational influence. What I didn't realize at the time was that um, my husband, Dan, was going to be diagnosed with multiple forms of dementia. And so he has Alzheimer's. He has uh, frontal temporal lobe dementia with a Parkinsonian component. Uh, and so uh, dealing now with my depression, dealing with the grief, dealing with this diagnosis, um, I got connected to a therapist who was great. I was connected to an Alzheimer's support group uh, that I am still a part of. And oh my goodness, they have loved me through so much. And my um, the Sunday night uh, Bible study that I lead of, of nurses all across the country, um, they have been a part 
of my life and they still are and I'm a part of theirs. It just, it allowed me the opportunity to heal. It allowed me to learn the spiritual discipline of lament. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's it's opened up. I've, I've learned how to hold joy and grief together and and know that you can, you can have both at the same time. Uh, and so being a part of, um, I mean, all of that trauma, all of that grief, all of that sadness has provided me more connections with others, but it's also deepened my relationship and the intimacy that I have in my relationship. Um, would, you know, would I wish it on anyone else? No, but it's, would I trade it for anything else? Yeah, no, I, I wouldn't trade it for anything else because it's it's brought me to where I mm-hmm. am. And I am just so, so grateful um, for what God continues to teach and to show me. Yeah, so that's amazing. Yeah. You you yeah. touched on something that I think is so interesting. You, you were talking about grief and lament and joy, all these things coming together, but that these harder things uh, that you've faced have brought you into spaces of community and connection. And, uh, you know, what, what stands out to you about some of these harder moments are this nurse practitioner who cared for you and, you know, expressed God's love and grace to you in those harder moments. I, I think for a lot of us, and especially, uh, in nursing, there's a tendency to want to care for others. You, you named this, um, a minute ago. Yeah, so much caring for others, and maybe almost a difficulty in receiving um, from others, and um, you know the the pairing with depression and that drive to isolate. Why do you think we do this? Why do we resist receiving help from others? Why do we isolate when we need help the most? And how how do we fight back against that tendency? How did you say yes? I will receive this help. Well. I mean, nurses are taught uh, how to think, how to create a plan, how to act on that plan. And it's all about moving, you know, that other person, uh, of course, with their input uh, to a to a place of 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 healing or more wholeness, uh, better health. Um, and I mean, for me personally, this desire to care, uh, to nurture, it was also connected to a need for affirmation. Uh, I mean, because, I mean, that's how I was loved. And it's, it's taken me, it's taken me a a long time and a lot of therapy to be able to work through that. Yes, some of it was childhood things for me. But I also think just as a culture and as a society, we are taught, I mean, we are taught how to be caretakers. We are taught how to, um, you know, to move into places. We're supposed to be self-sufficient. We're supposed to have all this. um, There's even a a, a term grit Mm -hmm. that is, uh, you know, used. Uh, It's important to have grit. uh, And, um, I think a lot of it is just kind of this pull yourself up by the bootstraps and, and do what you've got to do to get through the day. Um, I would have students, you know, that would come back as graduates and, and they would say, Professor Secor, you know, you, you taught me how to handle if a, you know, trait pops out onto someone's chest. But I said, you didn't, you didn't teach me how I'm not supposed to go and pee in a 12 hour shift. How am I supposed to not have to go to the bathroom? And I mean, it's, these are the things that, you know, that we face as nurses. Um, And the pandemic has just the pandemic has just opened up the fractures that are a part of our profession mm-hmm. um with with all the trauma that has taken you know place with 
even still today, uh, the uh, staff shortage that faculty and, and nurses all across are, are experiencing. Uh, it's, I, I had to learn that it was okay to ask for help. Um, and I got, and, and again, God is so gentle in, in some, you know, in how he teaches these things. Uh, I mean, yep, sometimes he does use a two by four, but even that two by four is, I mean, I feel like it's padded in velvet, <laughs> you know, it's, it's, um, I had a, I had a situation where, uh, just within my church, I, uh, there, there was a person in uh, the homeschool group that I was a part of who had been diagnosed with breast cancer and she did not have the strength to prepare meals for her family. And so, uh, I mean, there was like, you know, sign up to help make these meals. Well, Dan at the time was out of work. And so when it was my turn to fix a meal, I mean, I was going to the grocery store and, you know, I was getting mac and cheese for us and I was purchasing meat for her family and I was putting it on a credit card, you know, because it, I mean, we just didn't have it in the bank. And I remember I finally, you know, Dan was like, we can't keep doing this. And I finally went and talked to her and, you know, had that courage to be real. And, and she was like, oh my goodness, this is not what I would want. I don't have the strength uh, to make these meals, but I do have, uh, I mean, I do have money right now. And so I'll give you money. If you can continue to make the meals, I'll give you money so that you can buy groceries, you know, for yourself and, and, and also to help out my family. But I had to be willing to be open, to, to be vulnerable. Mm -hmm. uh, and that's what I, that's what I love about uh, the communities that we have in student ministries, in professional ministries, our groups are safe places where people can be real, where they can be vulnerable, where they can say, I'm not making it right now. I need help. And they'll find support. They'll find encouragement. They'll find people that will share similar stories. I mean, to know that you're not alone. Mm -hmm. uh, I think it's I think it's really hard for us uh, to have compassion for ourselves. Mm -hmm. um, I know I I know I sucked at self compassion. <laughs> so, um, but to, to be able to have compassion for ourselves, to um, and I think the enemy also loves to say to us, "This is only happening to mm -hmm. you. This is just your mm -hmm. issue." Um, and to know that that is a lie that he tells to many of us and how we as a community can come back and just say, uh-uh, not going to happen here. They're not going to take that one, not going to accept that one. And I mean, just to have scripture poured over is to ask the, the Holy Spirit to, to come in and open up these parts of our hearts and our lives where we need healing, where I mean, where we need him to go in and go, Ooh, this is smelling something nasty behind this door. What's, <laughs> what, do, what do we have locked behind here? And I mean, to know that you're in a place where you can do that with others. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. That's so well said. There's so, so much in what you're saying, Christy. And I love the beauty of how, when we share our real needs or tell self-disclose, uh, this is where I'm at. This is my reality. This is what I need. And I see your needs and would like to meet your needs. When we can come together and be honest about those things, I, God, I really believe that the Holy Spirit has a way of bringing people together in such a way that one is, is it's a joy and a gift and a privilege to be able to meet the need of another person uh, while that person is able yes. to meet the need of another. And it just comes together in this beautiful community of interdependence uh, that we 
can't have unless people open the door with that vulnerability, that self-disclosure, that honesty and transparency. And I think that's what we're all looking for. Um, But we, you know, sometimes don't want to take the first step. Um, But every, every time I talk with student leaders or, uh, you know, nurses, it's, and they're looking for that kind of community and, and openness in a group, they are always so grateful for the person who's willing to go first. Um, Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Yeah. Well, and that's part of, again, that's, I look at what I experienced growing up. And I mean, I think many people can probably identify with this. I mean, my, my mama could be upset with me. And, you know, then the phone would ring and it would be, hello, uh huh, how are you? And I would just go, how in the world does she do that so quick? <laughs> so, I mean, but it's, there was this whole thing. And I think it's important to say, this is not what my mama wanted to be. This is not how she wanted to be. Um, I mean, she was a woman of faith. She was an incredible prayer warrior. Um, I still see the impact of her prayers, you know, carried on in generations, but she did not have the, she did not have the skills. She did not have that place that she could feel safe with others. Uh, and, um, yeah, she she taught me so, so much. I am so grateful for her. And I'm grateful for, I mean, even her asking, you know, forgiveness for, um, you know, for the, the issues and the problems that we had. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, I've come to love her even more now that she's gone. Mm-hmm. And uh, as I experience, you know, new things in my life, I'm like, oh, all right. I understand what you were feeling, mama, a little bit more now. And but I can I can because I'm coming from that place of of compassion for myself, I can I, I'm not resisting it. I can welcome mm. it and I can see myself walking through it. Mm. Um I don't stay stuck. Um so yeah, she taught me a lot. I'm very grateful for that. Yeah. And it sounds almost like uh, compassion for yourself produced even more empathy for others. It does. It does. I mean, there's there's a, a research that that shows that it that it does. Um, and it's it's I think as nurses, um, when we're experiencing the trauma that we experience, when we experience like the burnout, um, the the uh, secondary uh, traumatic stress that we experience. I mean, all of this, which which leads into compassion fatigue. I mean, we start building these uh, layers around ourselves. It's it's a protective thing, mm-hmm. um, but those layers also numb. Um, and I, I mean, when you numb, I learned this just from. Um, I mean, just from my own life, there was a time frame where I said, I'm just tired of feeling pain. And so I am going to cut off any, any feelings of pain. I'm not going to experience them. I'm not going to go through them. And I was successful at doing that. But when you cut off one side of your emotions, you also cut off the mm-hmm. other. Uh, it's you can't just go one way and say I'm just going to cut off the negative. It it cuts off you know joy and and happiness and uh, gratitude. I, I mean, I, I walked. My goodness, I walked through years of just living in what I uh, I refer to as as a, my gray zone of life. Um, and so being able to be open, not only to the pain, um, allowed me to also to be open to the things that I have that are good in my life, the things that I can be grateful for. Yes. That's so well said. And we're this whole, uh, episode, we're just doing a little bit of that going around our elbow to get to our thumb. So let's circle back around and tell us a little bit about, you know, we have a lot of these terms, these buzzwords, uh, compassion, fatigue, burnout, uh, you know, just exhaustion in general. And of course we know the pandemic multiplied that, 
all, what was already existing in the field of nursing. So uh, could you just define some of these terms a little bit and explain why, why do so many nurses experience this? Yes. Yeah, so um, it, my, maybe it would help just to, you know, to share, I mean, this is the area where I was doing my doctoral mm-hmm. work. Um, and so my doctoral work looked at strategies to reduce compassion fatigue among nurses. Uh, and uh, part of with what I was learning in terms of definitions, you know, burnout is those are the things that we experience in our work environment that you know start to um, start to kind of like sap away, wick away the our, our strength, our energy. Uh, it's I mean, so there, but there are things that are very part, very much a part of the work environment. The secondary traumatic stress that I refer to as nurses, we are working with people at times where they're going through potentially significant trauma. And, and as we're gathering histories and as we're getting to know people, I mean, we hear their stories of trauma um, and then we watch their stories of trauma being lived out. Um, Nurses also have, I mean, one of the issues that we face in our profession is is workplace violence, where we are actually the victims of trauma. And so it's not only watching it, sometimes we, you know, many times we actually live it and and we experience it ourselves. And so the, the burnout and that in that secondary traumatic stress would come together. When those things come together, it it leads to the um, compassion fatigue. Um, those two pieces contribute to the compassion fatigue. And it's uh, once you hit that you know level, it's it's like a um, it's an emotional part of it hits the emotional part of who we are, where we're not able to care and and support. Um, you know, others in the way that we should. Um, and the thing that I, you know, found in my, in my uh, research or in my research project that I was doing, um, I implemented uh, some learning modules that, you know, talked about uh, resilience and, and how we can, uh, strategies that we can use. Um, and I mean, most nurses will tell you the way we go through learning modules is just click, 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 because we just, we want to get through because time is something that we are, feel like we're always fighting. (laughs) Um, I had two different groups. I had the nurses as a whole within uh, the hospital, uh, the community hospital that I was working with. And then I had the nurse leaders that I was working with. And I did one thing different with the nurse leaders um, we actually met together in person on a regular basis. And that's the group that showed the significant difference in how they were dealing with these wow. things. And it really, it really affirmed for me. I mean, yes, the strategies are important. Yes, uh, self-compassion is important. But when you get these things into community, Boy, that's when it really um it's 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 like all the other pieces, uh I mean, they really start to come together, all the puzzle pieces, they fit and um they dovetail together just so beautifully, so beautifully. Wow. Yes, thank you for that description. I feel like I understand a little bit more of you know how and why those things come together. Uh, earlier you talked about numbing and, uh, before, before this call, we were talking a little bit about the layers that people put on to protect themselves when things are hard or challenging. What, what do you, what does that look like when people are putting those layers on? What are some of those layers made of, so to speak? Uh, and how do we go about addressing the deeper struggles underneath those layers? How do we peel back the layers when, once they're already there? Yep. So I think some of it sometimes is um, we find ourselves, you know, triggered in a certain way where um, when we are, are triggered, there's there's really um, three different ways that we can respond. 
um, we can, um, you know, like where we try to move towards, this is part of what I learned through Brene Brown's work. Um, we move towards where we uh, will try to people please. Um, we can uh, move back where, uh, you know, we just like what my mom would do. Uh, you know, she would just pull back from uh, very much like almost like a sea anemone. Mm -hmm. Like withdraw. Uh, any kind of mm -hmm. threat, mm -hmm, she would withdraw. Or we can move against mm -hmm. and, you know, we kind of come out and we attack. Um, and in nursing, um, the way that I've seen this, um, I see it in terms of how we relate to people. Um, sometimes it comes out, you know, uh, this attack, or sometimes it comes in terms of we start to dehumanize the um, patients that we're working with. Um, we um, we start seeing them as uh, incapable of making choices. We start uh, blaming them for um, whatever that they are experiencing. Uh, and we as nurses, we can stop our, I mean, we can stop feeling, mm -hmm. um, we can, we can stop expressing empathy. We can stop expressing compassion. Uh, it, it really becomes, um, it really becomes, uh, how do I describe it? Almost like, almost, it's not robotic, but it's maybe more automatic maybe it's just more hitting the dots um i mean um, you can like autopilot like when i drive home from yes. the grocery store i'm not really there i'm not present in that space i'm just doing it going through the motions yes, yes. And, and you can have i mean you can hit all the you know uh go through all the hoops in terms of right i'm supposed to do this 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 but if I mean, you miss that whole care and empathy, uh, a part of that person's story. You miss, um, I mean, knowing, uh, you know, kind of where they're coming from, uh, how they, uh, I mean, what is contributing to them being where they are. Um, one of the things that I was doing um, uh, when I was, working to renew my nursing license, I worked in the, in, uh, I was shadowing in the emergency department. And I know that I would not make a good emergency department nurse because, I mean, when you're in the emergency department, it's all about the one thing that brought them in. And so, I mean, there would be, uh, I still remember this uh, gentleman who was a diabetic and he had a foot ulcer. And so he came in for the one thing for, you know, treatment for that ulcer. Um, but I, but I'm thinking in my head, but, but wait, I, I mean, how well is his diabetes control is controlled? Is it, does he need more meds? Is there something else? And, you know, the nurse that I was working with, she was very patient. She was, she would just say, that's not what we can. I mean, that's not, that's not what we do. There's others that are supposed to, you know, be able to address that. But it's, I mean, it, I felt like, but yeah, but will the others, I mean, are they going to be in a place where they will allow themselves the time to, you know, start to hear his story and to, you know, really understand? And and it wasn't that the emergency department nurse, I mean, she was doing a great job. I mean, she was showing care. She was being empathetic. But I, I use that just as an example of when we actually have the space to um, learn those stories, we don't allow the opportunity for those stories to be shared. Mm -hmm. um, we, we cut off um, the communication. Uh, and so we end up, we end up, um, there was a, a nurse that I worked with um, at the hospital. And I mean, this was probably the biggest it, it was a significant uh, landmark for me just in terms of with her own practice where she made this statement and nurses have a dark sense of humor. <laughs> um, she made the statement that, you know, rather than all this aromatherapy that they're, you know, putting into, into, uh, 
you know, waiting rooms, uh, lounges, those kinds of things. If we would just use uh, chloroform and then, you know, we would have no more issues. And, and I just went, oh, boy. Dark. <laughs> oh, boy. Because this is not good. I mean, if, you know, if that's where she's at in her practice, and I, and I know, I mean, we, again, we say things, we use humor, but, but that humor was really just screaming of, I'm not in a good place. I am feeling overwhelmed. Um, I, I, yeah, I, I'm not able to provide, um, just whole person care, mm-hmm. um, and whole person care. I mean, mind, body, spirit. Uh, so yeah. So, yeah. So those are some of the ways that we can develop. I mean, and they develop over time. Um, and there's a lot of things that can, that can move, you know, into that space. Um, again, I mean, the, the, the issues that we're facing at work, um, uh, difficult patients that we encounter, mm-hmm. um, it's, and it's very hard. It's very difficult for nurses. Um, uh, I don't want to sound like I'm picking on the emergency department, but they, I mean, I've, I have a lot of friends that have worked in, in emergency departments and it's very difficult to go from, you know, where you've had, uh, you know, someone that you worked on, that you were in a, in a code, um, maybe it was a child. I mean, that it wasn't successful. And then you go to, you know, the next, the next room over where, I mean, it's someone that's angry because you did not show up with the blanket that they wanted, um, the warm blanket that they asked Mm -hmm. for, you know, 30 minutes ago. And it's, Nurses don't always allow themselves the time, I mean, to decompress and to actually work through, um, I mean, some of what they are uh, experiencing, you know, when they have these difficult things. And so, I mean, again, you build layers so that you can cope, so that you can survive, so that you can get through another shift. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Which makes this makes a lot of sense. Like you were saying it, I mean, it's, I don't want to say it's like justified, but it's, um, it's so hard that people grab, we grasp at the best coping mechanisms that we can find to deal with what mm-hmm. our life or our work throws at us. And, uh, you know, we do, we do the best that we can, the best that we know how. Um, so it's understandable, but how do we, how do we move through this? You know, if, uh, whether it's kind of stuck behind several layers, layering, um, coping mechan- unhelpful yes. coping mm-hmm. mechanisms that we've come up with and that, you know, we already have in place or, or even speaking to nursing students who are, uh, about to, you know, start, start their journey into navigating these triggering waters. How, uh, what are some ways that we can cope in, in healthier ways? You talked about decompressing, like what can that look like or how, how can nurses choose, uh, better ways of of coping with these challenges that they face every day. Yeah. So, I, I mean, I do think, I mean, one of the, it, it's very simple, but even our, our breath, I mean, just to I mean the importance and the power of taking a, a, a deep breath. Um, I mean, one of the things that I would do, um, I mean, sometimes I would have to, you know, go to the med room or go into the supply closet and, and just, and give myself, I mean, time, if, if it was to cry, or if it was just to stomp my feet, or if it was, you know, I mean, just to verbalize, this sucks, this hurts. I mean, just to acknowledge, um, I mean, acknowledge that. Um, it helps to have someone else on the, on, you know, in, in your unit or in your, in your class or your department, um, that, you know, that you can go and be real with it's, this is where I think that our student groups and our professional nurse groups, um, can, can be of help. Um, I mean, as you talked about our student groups, I mean, they're going through some significant things, um, Nurses Christian Fellowship, we provide a mentorship program for new grads in that first year where they are paired with a a Christian nurse and 
you know, the goal is minimally to meet once a month. I mean, just to be able to talk through some of these things that they're experiencing. Um, you need you need communities, you need safe people that you can talk to. Um, it, you know, it may not be, um, I mean, maybe it's, maybe it's a brother or a sister. Um, maybe it's a, a nurse within your church. Um, and I think also it's important that we don't cut off our own spiritual support. Um, I know with each of, I mean, in my master's program and in my doctoral program, it's like when things got tight for time, the, the piece that I cut out was my daily time with God, um, which makes no sense at all because, I mean, he was, he's the source of my strength, recognizing that I still need that, um, recognizing, I mean, that can come and happen, um, you know, in the car where I'm, I'm talking to him, you know, heading back and forth to work. Um, that can, um, listening to, listening to, uh, Christian music that can come, um, even in things in terms of, I, I posted a little, um, two little cards inside my garage, one that said work and one that said home. And so before, you know, I mean, I would, I would lay everything out with God in the car. And as I parked and as I came in the house, I would, I would physically, you know, hit like the home card because, all right, now I'm going to be in home mode. Now I'm going to be present. Um, I mean, with my family. And then, you know, when I would leave the next day, I would turn around and I go and I would hit the work mode so that I could start the day with that mindset of towards, all right, uh, I'm going to be present with others. Mm. So, yeah. yeah, I don't know. Does that make? Yes. Are, are those helpful? Yes, I think especially that I love that last example of hitting the work card or hitting the play card or the uh, home card, which is also play sometimes. <laughs> Uh, but that idea of practicing presence of saying, you know, Jesus is here right now in this moment, always, yeah. he's always right here in the present mm -hmm. moment. And when we pause to say, am I right here in this present moment or am I layering and sort of pushing that away um, and pushing Jesus away, really. And so I, I love that example of that physical touching that sticky note saying, I am here, I am present in this place where Jesus is right now, I think is so powerful to name and to make that shift for ourselves. Well, Christy, you have shared so much wisdom with us already today. I just want to give space. Is there any last pieces of advice that you would like to share with nurses, nursing students, or nurse educators? Um, I think that the, just the need to recognize we are not meant to do this alone, um, that we were created for community. Um, Nurses Christian Fellowship offers numerous safe places for that. Uh, and so if there is a student, a faculty member, or a nurse out there, I would love for them to uh, reach out. Um, they can use you know, NCF at intervarsity.org and just just share. I'm I'm looking for a student group. I'm looking for a professional nurse group. Um, I would love to talk with someone one on one about what I am experiencing. Um, these are the these are the things that we provide and. Uh, they make such a difference in, in the lives of others. Um, yeah, that, that would be the one piece community makes such a difference. Uh, and it's, it's been the one part that has been consistent in, in my own life and in my own journey uh, of, of knowing this is, this is how I'm able to stand. It's, it's, on the you know the shoulders and and the foundation that others have have laid for me it's based off of the prayers and um the courage of of others uh, and it's based off of 
most importantly, the uh, the love that Jesus Christ has for each of us. So, yeah, I love that. And your uh, sort of vision statement for Nurses Christian Fellowship for the professional groups is it's about relationship, uh, right? Mm-hmm. And so just mm-hmm. that speaking to that relationship with the Lord, but also relationship with each other and uh, community. We can't do this alone. Yes. Yeah. So that's actually, I mean, I really feel that God gave me that phrase and, but it moves in, in three different relations you know, in three different directions. Um, it moves, you know, the relationship that I have with myself, um, the relationship that I have with God, and then the relationship that I have with others. Uh, and I really feel that Nurses Christian Fellowship has been a place uh, for for students, for faculty, for nurses to experience growth in each of those areas. Wonderful. Well, thank you so much, Christy. This has been a delight to talk with you today. And I've learned so much and been blessed by this conversation. So thank you so much for being on. Uh, Thank you, Laura. I'm grateful. God's design for community is interdependent, which totally goes against the grain of self-sufficiency. So when Christy tested some strategies for combating compassion fatigue in nursing, she noticed that the group that met together in person experienced the most benefits. She said, strategies and self-compassion are important, but when you get these things into community, all the pieces fit together. So if you're not already part of a Christian community, join or start one. And then show up in those community spaces ready not only to care for others, but also to be cared for. Your willingness to go first in sharing what you need and allowing others to support you will go a long way in opening the door to true connection and support in your community spaces. You can join or start a nurse or student group with NCF, and if you'd like more information on how to do that, email us at ncf at intervarsity.org or see our show notes for the connection link. And thank God that he has not designed us to go alone, but to be together in following Jesus in nursing. Hey, thanks for joining us for another inspiring episode of Following Jesus in Nursing. We hope you've been encouraged and equipped in integrating your faith with your nursing practice. Be sure to check out our show notes for info about connecting with Nurses Christian Fellowship, as well as links and resources mentioned in today's episode. And remember, as you go about your work as a nurse, you are not alone. Jesus is right there with you, guiding your steps and using you to bring healing to those in need. Thanks for listening to Following Jesus in Nursing, and may your faith continue to be a light in the world of healthcare.